Joshua Friedman, senior news reporter at Rappaport. Our guest today is Michael Lurch, president of Gold Star Jewelry in uh, in New York, and also president of the Plum Club, a, a, a coalition of jewelry, diamond, and watch suppliers. Michael, thank you very much for joining us on the Rappaport Diamond podcast today. Thank you, Joshua. So, uh, t- tell me about the, the the Plum Club. Your your job is essentially to to connect jewellery suppliers. And you've got a few big names as your members, Frederick Goldman, Rosie Blue, Leo Schachter, Citizen Watch Company. Um, how, how do you help these people? Well, uh, it, uh, first I'll let you uh, explain how it got started. The, the club actually got started really as a social organization way back when, when the, the, the shows were, were everything. And there were so many different companies that were doing social events. And a few of the bigger companies got together and said, why don't we do one big social event? So it, 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 it kind of got started as that. And then it evolved uh, as the JCK, sh- the, the show moved to JCK and became a, a real show, not in a hotel in New York. And as JCK got stronger, the uh, members decided to get together and, and said, what else can we do? And then that's when the, the Plum Club Pavilion and it changed from being kind of a social organization to uh, top vendors in the industry getting together to use its clout as per se to build a, a, a high-end pavilion where you can make it comfortable for all retailers to come and see the best uh, the best of the best in the industry. And that's where it has evolved till recently where we're evolving again and and covid has definitely um accelerated the situation because of of not being able to be at shows or see anybody and we had started this project a year ago of figuring out how to connect with our with from our members to connect with the retailers 365 days a year and so we're constantly evolving um and now we we've uh, instituted a, a a virtual sales platform proprietary with we we partnered with a a, a company that works uh, that does uh, does that boss logics uh, to create the plum clubs virtual sales platform which we're already up and using it's a constant development uh, but it really the club is is uh, is top top uh, vendors in, in and manufacturers in the industry uh, not only to connect with our our members but to uh, to help educate the industry. So I'm interested in that uh, that trading platform that you say you you launched. Was that ready? Was that in place in time for the pandemic? That you obviously didn't know was going to happen. Well, what happened was what we had we had a, a two or three years ago. Uh, I led a a team of members. Uh, it was an eight panel of, of of members in our club for a strategic planning committee, and our, one of the goals was to how do we we do really, really well at the JCK show. Our pavilion is second to none. Our events are, we have evening events, breakfast events, and we have more people visiting the Plum Club pavilion at the JCK show than any other area during the show. But one of the things we realized was the other 361 days of the year, how do we help our members connect with our retailers. Now, we didn't envision needing a, a virtual sales platform, but we had talked about 
doing more marketing, doing research within the industry. We did a, a proprietary research project a year and a half ago, which our members helped with with product and product information to our retailers. But um, because of COVID, we weren't really ready before COVID, but we had started thinking about doing more and more and creating an online, better online platform. More so, we were reinventing our website. But then when COVID hit, we kind of pivoted and um, started looking very aggressively to partner with a company. And we looked at three or four different companies and Boss Logics already had a together platform for other industries. They worked within the industry with a couple of larger uh, branded retailers. And we quickly got to work, partnered with them, designed a, a, a proprietary virtual sales platform that we got up and running in uh, in 60, so, somewhere between 60 and 90 days. So, uh, you know, we now have, I think, 35 out of our 43 members. It's because it takes time to implement and, and get people going. We now have 35 of our 43 members that are already doing virtual sales sales meetings with their customers uh, as we speak. Right. So how has that helped their actual business? Have you, have you seen a concrete improvement in sales at your members as a result of this? You know, we don't really track that. We're not like an organization like there's uh, the leading group or the RJO where they're, they're pretty much in tune. Each of our members, we're a strength in numbers scenario and the club helps uh, but it's, it's up to each individual. Obviously, we're, we're, you know, 43 members of some of the best and the best of the industry. And it's up to them to, to, to use that to that. We don't track sales or anything of our members. We don't, we don't, we don't have that kind of interaction. However, I can say that in the United States from COVID, the jewelry industry as a whole, I do speak for myself as my company, um, but in talking to a lot of other members, which I do on a regular basis, uh, the jewelry industry seems, seems to have come back very strong since COVID. Obviously, around the world, what jewelry was being hurt by was travel, entertainment, and, and experience, and and um, and so forth, which a lot of people around the world can't do, especially in the U.S. So there are still people working and having a discretionary income and, and disposable income, and they're spending it on jewelry because now it seems like cherished moments are more important than than um, than the experience moments. And jewelry seems to be doing well, uh, very well as a whole right now for the last couple of months and orders through the fall. I can speak for myself as well as other members that I've spoken to that business is very good. But I will say that everybody who's been able to have sales calls, it has everybody who I've spoken to um, is uh, it's it's in, in helping them immensely in a short period of time. How, how were things in, in the depths in the, in the worst part of the, of the crisis in the second quarter? How were things then for your for your members? Obviously, uh, look for for the for the second quarter, which was you know March, April, May, or April, May, June, whichever how you look at it, it was tough. Uh, you know, most of my company's business was down seventy five. We were, I mean, we were closed for two months. The retailers were closed for two and a half, three months. Obviously, it was very, very difficult, and the forecast was very, very bleak. Certainly, but I would say starting in in July, when things start when. Companies started to open and figure out a way to a lot of the retailers, it seems like figure out a way also to really virtually sell. I think a lot of the, the I don't know about independence, but a lot of the major retailers really train their staffs to, you know, 
take iPads, call customers, be able to show people product on a, on a, on a, on a FaceTime, uh, scenario. So internet business remained good, but that's still a smaller percentage of the overall sales, but increasing. But, uh, certainly from July onwards, the retail sales have steadily picked up and, um, September and October, uh, from what I'm, seeing uh, the retailers actually having increases over 2019. Aside from the, the trading, your trading platform that you mentioned, what sort of capabilities did your members have in place? I mean, when, when things went really bad in, you know, in April, May, June, did they have any, any of their own online trading capabilities to enable them to sell to their retailers or to customers, to consumers um, in a situation like that? You know, I don't know about each individual. As I said, we're not uh, we're not as attuned to that. I think a lot of our members do. I I know I know my company does. I know a lot. You know, the club is made up of of uh, forty three top, uh, as I said, um, suppliers, and some of those suppliers sell major retailers, and some of those suppliers sell independent retailers, and it's a cross mix of almost every category in the industry. So um, I would imagine that that every most of our members are very are very adept at doing internet and dropship based uh, uh, business. Right. And have um, have those independent jewelers there have been some suggestions that the independent jewelers have actually been faring better uh, than than the chains, mainly because of the closure of shopping malls. Um, is, is that a is that a that, reality that you're that is, you're yeah yeah? I mean, I would say that's what we heard early on. Although I would say it's it's uh, I would say in probably June, July, and August, independent stores certainly seem to have been able to fare better than than the major retailers, especially the malls, and the, a lot of the malls being closed and people who were afraid to go to malls. But I would say that has changed to where everybody seems to be now doing much better since since August. So uh, I would say that was that way in the beginning of COVID, but not not right now. It seems like everybody's benefiting. Right. And how how do you see the holidays going? I mean, there there are predictions either way. Um, Do you see the momentum continuing? If I could foretell the future, I wouldn't be doing this business anymore. (laughs) The the uh, I think most of the retailers are being still cautious. And being careful of what they're ordering for, for, for the fall and really, really analyzing every bit as to not be over inventory. Because if there is another shutdown, obviously around the world and in certain areas in the United States, there are, there is what I, I, I'm not a doctor, but certainly a second wave. And some states that really were not hit early on are now being hit very hard. I don't think there'll be lockdowns or shutdowns like there were previously because we know much more, obviously, as a country, as a world, we know much more about the virus being able to stop it in certain areas versus a blanket shutdown. So I think everybody that I talk to is very optimistic that if October and September are still strong, that the holidays will be equally so. Mm. You mentioned uh, retailers taking on they're being cautious about how much inventory they they take on, which is a trend that we've seen that that retailers are, are holding less stock themselves or taking more on memo. What, what what are they doing? What are the retailers doing to ensure that they do actually have the goods that they need when they want to sell to a consumer? Well, again, um, 
again, you know, all the majors have to project way out in advance because of the sheer volume. And uh, so much product in our industry is made overseas. And with COVID, you know, certainly uh, happening earlier in China and certainly in India, that is a, a big impact. So I, I think that, um, but I think they're just, they're just really spending overtime in analyzing. It seems to me, and I, as I talk to other members, I can only speak for my company, obviously, as a firsthand experience. But when I, I do speak with a lot of other of the members and the, the principals of the other members, it seems like the retailers are really focusing on the high turning items and, and the, the basic core of their business. And really, if there's some periphery product that maybe they would, you know, they would still buy into, but maybe it, it wasn't as you don't need everything. I think everybody is trying to figure out how to keep their sales up, but but with a little bit of less inventory and not worrying that, oh, my, uh, if I don't have a certain style, you know what, the consumer will buy something else in the store. And I think that seems to be the mantra, at least for 2020. Right. And those, those, those high turning items, I guess it would vary from retailer to retailer, but would the common, the common product there be, be engagement rings? It seems that engagement rings, anniversary bands um, is where the strength is. Um, and that is where everybody is, is concentrating a little bit more. Not that fashion isn't also a, a, a key component and, Believe it or not, the men's uh, business is, seems to be very strong through this pandemic as well. But I think engagement, uh, anything to do with engagement is where the concentration is and where the strength has remained uh, within, the, within the industry. Right. I'm interested, Michael, in how your members have coped with liquidity at the moment. Um, are, are they getting, how, how well are they doing at getting paid by their by their retailers, are there any? Are they having any difficulties there at the moment? Again, each one of our members, we don't. The club itself is not. Uh, you know, we're here to help connect the. And what the club does is connect the uh, and help. You know, do marketing and and so forth. But we don't get into the individual operations of each member. Uh, however, it seems to me that. Although money is tight, there's no question because four months, people really didn't have much business, but they still had operations. I would say that most of the companies and manufacturers that were able to afford themselves and, and get money from the stimulus packages of the PPP definitely helped a lot of our industry. I know it did help my company, but it seems like from what I'm hearing that Payments are, which were held up for a while during COVID and lockdowns and a lot of retailers delayed payments. Um, I can speak for experience for my company that that seems now to be uh, back on track and most retailers are paying on time now. As far as I know, again, I can't speak for other other members, but from what I have spoken to, um, you know, some members on a uh, more personal level, it seems that the uh, and most of the banks have been very, very uh, it seems like most of the banks have been very understanding and helped their members knowing that business is coming back and and payments seem to be more steady again. I'm also interested in in how your members are what 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 rules they have in place in their stores um or, or at least in the, the those that have retail stores or, or or the stores of the people that they supply to you know, requiring requiring masks requiring um uh, hand sanitization when they enter well what's your experience of that? My, my experience really has been that everybody who has a retail operation has been unbelievably 
good at social distancing, wearing masks, hand sanitizer. I mean, everywhere that I go into, you know, and I'm in the I'm in the tri-state area, the New York tri-state area. But in talking with our, our customers and going into stores, it seems that they have really gone overboard to make the experience and make the consumer feel safe and secure. Now, obviously, I, I don't know about every small independent around the country. There's 15,000 of them or so. Uh, but it seems to me our industry as a whole has taken a much deeper uh, concern. Uh, I'm not saying other industries have not. I don't mean to. But it seems like our industry, you know, one of the things the Plum Club uh, tries to do is be a leader in the industry. You know, we, we are uh, every one of our members is RJC certified. And we're very, very conscious. And I think our, our industry as a whole is very, very conscious of responsible sourcing. And I think the retailers as well go over and above to try to make sure that the consumer is protected. So you, um, you, in, you recently announced uh, an interesting collaboration with the, the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York. Um, you're essentially going to be helping jury jewelry design students get into the jewelry industry. Um, can you talk us through how you're going to achieve that? What's the, what's the plan with that? Well, it, it was really one of our pillars, as I mentioned earlier, is to help shape the future of the industry. And, um, you know, this collaboration really will help. Uh, we've seen over the past 10 years less and less young people coming into our industry as a whole. You know, we've seen that the average age within the industry has definitely, especially on the supply side, has not been going down, but going up. And so, um, you know, we uh, we felt that uh, whatever we could do to help push the industry along, and that's one of the things that the Plum Club tries to do. And we're hoping that by some of our members taking on interns and, and uh, bringing more and more people into the industry as they are doing uh, jewelry programs at FIT, but helping them, you know, learn by internships and so forth uh, from an early age that we can bring uh, new and fresh people into our industry, which we saw a decline of that over the last 10 years. So we, we really thought um, Michael O'Connor, who is our marketing, uh, our, our marketing director for the club, is really, you know, he's been, he's been the marketing director now for a year and has really helped the club increase our marketing reach uh, around the country and within the industry. And it was his uh, brainchild, which we think will have an impact for the future. Right. So you think there'll be, uh, there'll be a benefit on both sides? Yeah, I think, uh, I think um, you know, manufacturers will be able to have young people coming in with ideas of product ideas and, and students can come and learn about the industry, uh, you know, at a, at a really young age. So I th we think long term, this can be a, a boost for the industry, but for both sides of, of bringing in younger Look, let's face it, in any industry, it has to get younger. And industries that are getting too old don't see sometimes what the, the future can bring. And, um, and we have to bring in more and more young people. And we, we saw this as an opportunity to do so. Right. Um, before we finish, I wanted to ask a bit about the Plum Club itself. You explained before the history with, uh, sort of with the JCK show. Can you still become a member right. of the Plum, uh, the Plum Club? 
Yeah, I, there are criteria. I have to tell you, even though I'm the president, we do have a, a membership committee and there are certain rules and guidelines. I mean, it has you have to it has to be a company uh, that is in business for at least five years. Uh, you have to have a, you know, a certain amount of, of uh, customer base. And it depends on uh, there's a lot of criteria that I don't have the exact criteria in front of me. Um, they have to fit into the club as a whole in terms of who they sell, what they sell and how um, they obviously have to become. If they're not an RJC member, they have to become an RJC member within two years of joining the club. And it, but it, but things have changed a little bit. And so what I'll say is it used to be that because the club was was uh, really centered around the pavilion at the show and. If you were a member, you had to have a booth at the JCK show. That's what the one of the criteria was also. Even though you had to be approved, you had to be recommended by three other uh, people within the uh, industry or, and recommended by someone from the club and some of the other financial criteria as well but you had to you had to be you had to be a, uh, take booths at at the pavilion but what we've done with our new virtual sales platform we're now uh, we've opened our membership up to not require a new member to be um, show at the show but to be able to be a member and and use the tpc 365 platform for virtual selling and we're hoping that this is an opportunity for the future and that's one of the reasons why the club is really looking to be pertinent 365 days a year is because we don't know where shows are going to be i mean the jck show is certainly the most important show and has been for the past 20 years but there was no show in 2020 in 2021 there's, I mean, it's too, it's too early to tell whether there will be a show. They're planning on a show, but I would say right now, and, and we so totally support the JCK show has been a, has been a, a great for, for all the vendors, uh, but there has to be an outreach. And so we are now, uh, we've opened our membership drive and opportunities to join the club. And not have to show at the show, but be able to use a lot of the all the benefits that the club can provide. So you're saying that anyone who trades on the new platform is and becomes a member of the Plum Club, or how how does that work? Yes, they they are. You know, I mean, they still have to go through the um, you know the the guidelines and rules to become a member. Okay, but there's no no longer required to to be to be at the JCK show, which was previously the required. So we are, you know, with our virtual platform, it means that somebody that, let's say there's somebody that wants, to, that was at the show and wanted to stay as a, uh, they have a beautiful booth and maybe they're a, a designer brand or maybe they're a large, but they, they want to have the benefits of what uh, what else we, we offer and they can become a full member of the Plum Club. Um, and that, that change happened concurrently with your launch of the the new trading platform this year That's during correct. the pandemic. That is, that is correct. That was within, within the last 90 days. That is correct. And and how, if I may ask, how um, how do you think JCK's uh, management, the show management, would uh, would uh, would respond to this? Uh, is uh, would, I can't imagine that they'd be so happy to hear that. No, no, we we um, you know JCK and the Plum Club have been have had a symbiotic relationship over the many many years and, and we are uh we we have uh, worked with with JC, as we are the largest uh renter of space at the JCK show 
and we collaborate on a lot of things and we're, we're, we're intertwined within the industry. Um, the JCK fund, which was started really by a collaboration between the Plum Club and the JCK. Um, so we have, we have, um, you know, we've discussed with JCK. They're aware. We told them we are starting this platform, but this is not a show. Okay. So our platform is, is a tool to be able to virtually sell because we're all stuck in not being able to visit our customers and we can't travel to customers. And, and, uh, you know, COVID has really, uh, hurt that the show is still the show and we support it. And, and we hope that there'll be a JCK show in 2021 and we will be there with our pavilion and, uh, and supporting it 100%. But, we realize also that we have to be able to reach our customers 365 days a year. And JCK fully supports that as well. Um, I think JCK as a whole, Reed as a whole, is struggling because they haven't had any shows in nine months. And, um, you know, I, I do feel bad for them. Reed is, which is a much larger guy that runs tons of shows other than just JCK. Um, um, it's a struggle. They're, they're, their entire operation relies on getting everybody together physically. And uh, right now that, that is, uh, that is not possible. So uh, yeah, I'm sure they're um, I wouldn't say use the word worried or anything like that because they understand their place. Uh, but uh, we, we are in total communication with JCK. Right. I mean, some people listening to this might, might think that might understand from this that you're, you're kind of competing with JCK Virtual, the new uh, the new online show that they launched this year because they couldn't run the the physical show. I would say yes and no because our club, you know, it's an enhancement to our club already to be able to reach. It's it's not a show. It's not a a platform of a show. It's so each individual members. It's not the the club is not putting on a show. We're not putting on a a time frame for people to, to for every retailer to visit. It's a it's a it's a platform for our members to be able to easily communicate with and show product to their customers virtually because they can't visit them physically. And so, uh, you know, the show that they put together was a show of a specific time and so forth. And plus our platform eventually will be a resource center where we will, we will have webinars and podcasts on education. We, we may do a educational forum. Uh, throughout the year, uh, you know, maybe once or twice a year, there, there's vast um, things that as a club, we do that anyway. The club has sponsored educational forums in the past, um, and we're going to be, uh, you know, you hopefully using uh, this tool to be able to reach more and more of our customers virtually. But we're not looking to replace the JCK show. Uh, we're just looking to enhance our members' capabilities of reaching their customers on a regular basis. Right. I understand. Um, just a, a final question. I understand that um, the Plum Club has some of its own podcasts. Yes. What we've uh, uh, and this was also a, 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 again a brainchild of, of, of Michael O'Connor, our marketing uh, director, and Lawrence, our, uh, our our executive director. Of uh, we have done. We've been doing webinars on our website for for the last three four years, and they've been good. But the world has changed as we're doing a podcast right now. And so what we reached out to our membership and uh, we do surveys all the time within our membership. 
and we um, the board got together and we decided to change to do. We have a vast array of knowledge in our industry, spanning pearls, diamonds, watches, created emerald, color stones, people who sell independence, vendors who sell majors, um, and all I mean all facets of our industry, branded uh, companies as well. So we thought, let's take that knowledge, since one of our pillars is education, let's take that knowledge and change what we do. And so we made it mandatory. Each one of our members has to come up with a podcast that is not self-serving. It cannot be a podcast about that company. It has to be a podcast about, they can mention their company and obviously talk about it a little bit, but their podcast has to be educational for the expertise that that company may uh, you know may happen to have as a for instance our pod, we haven't done our podcast yet but my company is one of the largest machine set factories in the world uh, of machine set wedding bands and we are we are doing a podcast of information all about machine set not about gold star but about machine set the 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 uh, you know how it's done and a lot of people may know about it but the since we have an expertise in a particular arena our podcast will be an expertise in that arena someone else may be doing an expertise on gold someone else may be doing an expertise on lab created uh, emeralds somebody else may be doing a podcast on on pearls uh, and so each one of our members, so every every month or actually every week, there I forget what the time frame is, maybe every two weeks, but over the next uh, you know 12 months, there'll be podcasts on a regular basis of educational information from one of our members going forward. And we think it's a, we've already had more downloads of our podcasts of the ones that have been up already that we've ever had webinars attended. Great. Well, I think that's the first time we've talked about podcasts on the Rappaport Diamond podcast, but I hope the people that listen to this will uh, will listen to some of yours as well. Thank you uh, very much, Michael Lurch, for, uh, for joining us on, uh, on the Rappaport Diamond podcast. Uh, I've certainly learned a lot about what you do. And I very much uh, appreciate your, uh, your joining us. Thank you very much, Josh. It was a pleasure. I, I really, this is the wave of the future. Look, I grew up, I didn't even, nobody knew what a computer was. Uh, my brother, who was a computer geek, he started working with computers when they were the size of my entire office. And now we're talking on a podcast, which, you know, on a cell phone or on a computer, it's amazing. Uh, you know, the future is constantly changing. And as long as we change with it, we think that that's how our industry will continue to, to strive and thrive. And so will the Plum Club. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. 